Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot CEO. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. Lads, we are back. We are. And you know who else is David Backus back? That is, yeah, he's supposed to play tonight versus the Blues. Yeah, probably his final game against St. Louis. Yeah, probably one of his probably last, career. last game. Yeah, <laughs> it's cool that he gets to do it against St. Louis. Eh? That's a pretty nice story. Yeah, it's true. I forget that he was the captain until I saw that earlier today, where it was like, "Oh, his last game against the Blues." You realize, "Oh yeah,", yeah. and then you think back to when Boston signed him to that contract, and it just never sort of worked out. Right after Jimmy Hayes, I remember that. Oh God, Jimmy, weird stuff. So. There is, I would say right now, the biggest hockey story of the year. And probably, no, no, probably on the ice. Because obviously I think Arizona off the ice in the Katie Strang article is probably the the best written piece of of sport media in hockey, at least of the year. But I think when it comes to on-ice drama, which then bleeds out of the ice, it is the Tom Wilson situation, and we have to start it. So, you know how unfortunate that is. Sorry to cut you off. That this is the biggest story on the ice. Like Connor McDavid can score a hundred points in a fifty-six game season, and he's up to ninety-three. Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I mean, so, like, who's to blame? What? Like, uh, social no, media, right? No. Like, this Ooh. was gonna happen. Yeah. Listen, I have a little model. I've been thinking of, of something, and I'm very proud of it. And we'll talk about this later because yeah. it comes full circle to what the conversation we've been having about player discipline and that throughout the year. So in a game the other day, I think it was May 3rd was the exact day, Tom Wilson had a bit of an incident with Pavel Butznevich of the New York Rangers, and then after that with Artemi Panarin. Um, during a little scuffle in front of the net, you know what, um, Butznevich is on the ice after I believe it was Dmitry Orlov had thrown him down. Um, Tom Wilson is basically keeping him. It looks like he keeps him down in the neck of the stick, like holding the guy down. He's completely just um, vulnerable. And then you see Tom Wilson takes a shot and hits him. I don't know if exactly the angle I've seen, if it's from the back, if it's from the head. And that is not important because that is still going after a vulnerable player. Now, after this, Mika Zaban, not Mika Zibanejad, sorry, Artemi Panarin basically jumps on Tom Wilson because he's there to defend his teammate, his friend, and all that. And after that, there is a whole, it's like a wrestling match. But it's not even like, it's kind of like, you know, when like you and your friends get in like a crappy fight and it's like winter and you're throwing each other all above the snow. Um, and Tom Wilson just manhandles Artemi Panarin. Um, he throws him onto the ice when Panarin doesn't have a helmet on. Um, as a result of this, actually Panarin will not play for the rest of the season. 
Um, he was even taking some shots at Panarin while he was still having his gloves on, by the way, Wilson. Um, I don't, you can't call it roughing. Um, I don't know what you can call it other than Dirty. a mauling. Um, and as a result from Tom Wilson, who is, whether the NHL want to say it or not, is a repeat offender, has had multiple suspensions, lost a lot of money from it. Um, five suspensions, is it, Alex? Yeah. Wow. A result of all of this was given merely a $5,000 fine for the roughing on Pavel Butznevich. So there's a whole cascade of things that happen after this. But first, let's look at the simple fact that the NHL chose only to give a $5,000 fine to Tom Wilson. Again, the stuff with the Rangers and all that we will get to in a second because mm-hmm. it has just been a carousel of earth-shattering news. But, And Alex, I'll ask you here first because um, you have been the most vocal on this podcast about player safety. Uh, just, I want to bring up the wrestling part you brought up there. It's 100% accurate, just the way Tom Wilson acted uh, after – he was in when he was in the box, just so wrestling, but whatever. That's besides the point. Um, yeah, like I thought it was uh suspendable. Just, just before I get in, like I, I think we should, I want to clarify a couple things because every time I hear about uh, it's just it's the media, the I whatever, like it's just mind boggling the way it's been covered. We are talking about Tom Wilson, the hockey player, not the person. Let's yeah. just make that a hundred percent clear. We are not talking about Tom Wilson, the person. I don't know what he's like outside of the ice. Number two, uh, are we all in agreement that Tom Wilson should not be kicked out of the league? No, no. Okay, just work. Then, then we're good. Because um, I, I just want mm. that to be on on the record that this is what we're what we believe. Um, I don't think he should be kicked out of the league i think there's actually such a small number of fans who believe that and some media members are jumping all over that for uh clickbait but that's my opinion uh it was suspendable i thought it would like how i'm not even surprised though are either of you surprised by the outcome of this not really like it was about to happen he was going to do something like this but yeah. at the same time, it's just the one thing that really does bother me, and we've mentioned so many times, it's just that accountability, really from either side. And I don't know if, Adam, you want to mention this after. It had more to do with the Washington's Twitter. Oh, no, we're, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll get, get to that? that. Okay. Uh, but it now, go ahead, because it was, it was pretty bad. Yeah, I think for me, that was my initial reaction, because I was watching the game, and then it was already something where it's just one of those plays where it just makes you stop and think that, did that actually happen? And was that allowed? Like, why, why did something like that just transpire? And then it's like the Capitals just doubled down on it. So with their tweet, I, I actually, I, I, I really, I've had the, the, the give of it coming over. So I, he doesn't even, it isn't even the other caps player that pushes him down, by the way, Pavel Butznevich. It's, he kind of hits him, but then Wilson kind of plants his head or like Bootsnevich period down to the ice too. And yeah, so the the Washington Capitals Twitter account, I don't know what you call this kind of new meme where it's like it measures. I, I can't explain. Can one of you guys explain exactly? I don't, I'm not a it's, big um Okay, I'll try to do my best. But something where uh, it's supposed to be something where it's like a certain range that you show of something and it's supposed to be like, I don't know, like a funny kind of thing, but 
Like if it was a Powerpuff girl, it'd be like one third sugar, one third yeah, spice, yeah. one third everything nice. But honestly, like, re- I don't know, like for me, it's just because like one thing is shout out to Michael Russo from The Athletic. He was one of the first guys to said this is this is so disrespectful. So and and what what it was was there was like a, a very small portion that said best goal scorer in the league, which was dumb. There was a section that was like blah 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 blah, like just kind of. I think it was supposed to represent fans just. Yeah, the, the rent-free thing, yeah. Yeah, rent, and then, yeah, and then there was the rent-free stuff, which is just such a her- terrible sign. I have it up if you'd like me to. Yeah, yeah, screen remember, it. Remember, sorry, sorry. Yeah, no, no, I'm just, screen, yeah, bring it up in the much better way of visually saying, that, like, trying to explain this. You go ahead, okay. Alex. Um, am I allowed to, to uh, yeah, yeah, go yeah, ahead, yeah, I okay, have it on. Cool. Uh, remember last week when uh, saying rent-free wasn't cool? Oh, uh, okay. Oh, it was such wonderful times. So, there's, like, an inch that's like, yeah, best goal scorer in the league. There's like the head of like head being like, she, 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 whatever. Like, and then a majority, like 90% of this line is just rent free. And it's like that, like drawn man cringing type of thing. Yeah. And it, it was deleted very quickly, but naturally everyone screenshot it. I it didn't was- even see this one. Really? Never mind. Then. This is the one that really bothered me because I, when I was watching the game and then I checked uh, Twitter, this is the first thing I saw because Michael Russo commented on it. I'm like, Washington, what are you doing? If you don't know what we're looking at exactly, you can always check out the YouTube feed version of this show and check it out. Exactly. Great plug. Great mm-hmm. plug. Mm-hmm. So, Tom Wilson, let's ask the question then, okay? Why was he not suspended? And I have a bit of a theory on this. And, you know, it's really annoying when you start listening to, like, Hockey Central. And it's like, oh, crap, they're making the same point. I don't want to seem like a ripoff here. So the NHL, in my opinion, has a massive identity problem. And that is there are technically what Tom Wilson did to our Timmy Panarin and I'm being very careful here, is within the rules of the NHL, technically. Because I think they are. the league... See, this is the problem, is there is a divide in fans. There are the old-school sort of viewership that see this, that that these just complete circus shows of, of wrestling matches were a, like, a normal thing. And the problem is, New Age fans were in an age where there, the, these younger players that sort of come in are more the fine skating, finesse, deeks and dangle type players, right? And that's what fans, like there's a difference between face punch, flip suplex, and just a fight. And the problem is the NHL are still trying to, and you see this reflected with player safety, that they still want that bit of violence. And I think any like player safety can only follow the line that the NHL itself has set here. And that's the problem. They're too half pregnant in the sense of they want a fun, fast paced game that is still dependent on the skill. And like, that's what we love in the North Division, McDavid, fast, high scoring games. Mm-hmm. And the mix of this just rough and tough crap that, that people seem to love in Tom Wilson. Like, it's so annoying because you can see that there are players who can play this hard without going crossing the line. And again, Two players that all of us on this podcast love because they are the teams we cheer for. Joss Anderson is like that kind of player. Wayne Simmons is that type of player. They can punch face. 
back more like before Wade and Simmons and injury problems, because he's older than Anderson, right? Mm-hmm. There was the high scoring ability. And it's it's just this weird thing where the NHL doesn't quite know, I think, what the game still is. So and that's the problem. Yeah. So you mean the Panarin stuff is against the rule or is not against the rules is what you're saying, so, right? Okay. So I, yeah, I got confused. That, yeah. Like, listen, like I personally think the Panarin stuff is disgusting and you protect your stars, but it's like to the NHL itself, that <laughs> wrestling match. And then we kind of saw it last night. Was it Crosby and Konechny? Yeah. Yeah. Even though Panarin and like the thing that really crosses the line was Panarin's head hitting the ice and even then his helmet on. Like that is, but if the big thing is, and if anyone doesn't believe me, the proof is that Tom Wilson did not get suspended and the fine had to do with Budzinevich and nothing to do with Panarin, which is ridiculous. I think you're a hundred percent right. Um, And, and like I, I just to build on that point, I, I think at this point, what the league needs to do, because I, I don't think what going what's going on is good for anybody. And in no, there's no stakeholder in this situation. The fans, the league owners, the the players that they're, they're so there's just so much confusion. So let's fix this. You go to the table in the summer to the the PA and you say, you know what? Let's rewrite this rule book the way we want it. Because to be honest, there's no reason that the three of us should have the same conversation a hundred times a year. When, can either of you explain to me what goaltender interference is? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's uh, subjective uh, right there. Uh, don't remind me of any game against the Ottawa Senators this year. But the, I think <laughs> the big thing that like kind of bothered me was when they say like they don't know what they are. In a sense, I think that if you look at any other sport and the uh, the amount of research has been put on already with like these like we don't have that you know rough and tough kind of thing anymore because it's like two things like we don't there's the decline of those types of players, but at the same time it just there definitely has been a lot more research on what these types of, you know, aspects of the game do to people in terms of concussions, in terms of injury. And if there's two examples I could think of, it's like, I remember Steve Downey? Oh, yes. Yeah. Like the way he played. And I remember when um, he, it was mostly on Twitter, then he came forward after about just what he was kind of raised with and what he didn't know what his role was because of what, the game has become kind of thing and he one thing he mentioned was um remember don cherry's um rock and was it rock and sockum yeah yeah same uh, yeah those types of videos where it's just that kind of thing where it's like that that old time glorification of that and game suspension you love it is every hit on those buttons. yeah and i i think that now it was this was for me a good example to kind of say that you know we're not gonna tolerate this kind of thing because again like when we talk about like you know they have the guys that could really do it but at the same time like we talked before last episode about that code that we had that i remember um this was um in the enforcer documentary also um i believe that an overdrive it was mentioned like bob probert he was a scorer but he also was the enforcer on the detroit red wings because you had to have a guy like that because you don't expect like a Steve Eiserman or Sergei Fedorov to do something like Panarin had to do. No. It's again, yet another example of, of them not defending their stars. And you know, I have in the past been like, listen, um, 
like I love a net front battle with cross checks, and I've always been like, like play it evenly for everyone. But when you like belly the belly suplex or Tammy Panarin, who plays for like arguably the biggest market in the league, like the the, the probably the, the, the biggest, if not second most important team in the league, in, in it's New York for the love of God. They play like there's a everyone knows how important the city of New York is, not just to hockey, sports, and but just like pop culture or anything. It's it's freaking New York. Like this is how important it is. And the Rangers themselves were not having any of this because they released a statement that I will remind everyone in the context of what we're going to talk about a little later with the firing of, of Jeff Gordon and John Davidson, this statement is still up. So from the official New York Rangers Twitter account, statement from the New York Rangers. Quote, the New York Rangers are extremely disappointed that Capitals forward Tom Wilson was not suspended for his horrifying act of violence last night at Madison Square Garden. Wilson is a repeat offender with a long history of these types of acts, and we find it shocking that the NHL and their Department of Player Safety fail to take the appropriate action and suspend him indefinitely. Wilson's dangerous and reckless actions caused an injury to Artemi Panarin that will prevent him from playing against, uh, again this season. We view this as a derelication, derelication, can't say that, I'm sorry, of duty by the NHL head of player safety, George Peros. And we believe he is unfit to continue his current role. That's everything from the statement. They called out the head of player safety. I cannot, first off, they're not wrong. It was a joke. Now, I believe people talked about the last time this kind of statement happened was the Sharks in a couple years. I can't remember exactly what year. Um, and I think it was in response to either playoff stuff or something to do with Rafi Torres, who notoriously got that 41 game suspension a couple years ago. It was basically booted out of the league. Probably Rafi Torres. Yeah. You know, so, and they got, I think it was a hundred thousand dollar fine. Now the ruling about if they're going to get any discipline is, is not going to happen today. Apparently Elliot Freeman was talking about that. Um, and this was very much that we can kind of pick up now was definitely a sort of, Message not from management, but from ownership and AKA from Jim Dolan, who um, I have learned today is apparently a mad lad. And if you were a basketball fan, you probably know that because this is the guy head of like of all of um, the garden stuff. So the Knicks mm-hmm. are all under that umbrella. Um, and we can kind of under the same umbrella actually mention that it was very much put out there, and Frank Saravelli was the first one I saw mention this, that Jim uh, John Davidson, who's the Rangers, was the Rangers president, and Jeff Gordon, who was the GM, uh, scurried to distance themselves from the team statement that was issued on Tuesday night, telling other executives that they did not know it was in the works until after it was released. Now, earlier today... Gordon and Davidson were fired. Now, it was very much said that, and Freeman has sort of also elaborated on this, that it did not have directly to do with the Wilson statement. You know, again, it's been very much said it's it's an ownership thing, not management. But apparently that Tom Wilson was the straw that broke the camel's back in terms of the way the Rangers are. Now, apparently, apparently um, 
Dolan was not happy with the way the Rangers are playing this year, even though the New York Rangers are being screwed right now by the playoffs because they have more points than the Habs and the Jets who are playoff bound. And I will remind you guys, how long ago did this rebuild start? And Jim Dolan has basically said, nah, nada, we don't love this. A team that is still rebuilding and Tom Wilson has pulled a pecorine against the Chicago Blackhawks and has now made the Rangers fire probably one of the best GMs in the league and a pretty stable president. Yeah, I think it's, it's it, was, it was a weird thing for me too because a lot of um, the articles that are coming out, a lot of what people said, when you know, when they look back on things, like there was the speculation already there where it was kind of inevitable that um, – Chris Jury was going to become the general manager ever since, honestly, ever since he retired in 2011, mm-hmm. they, they were, they were saying like, this is the future GM kind of, guy, which I don't understand. He played the majority of his career in Buffalo, but anyways, Buffalo. um, yeah. But the thing is, it, it was a weird thing because when you mentioned what this rebuild has been for the Rangers, I know that the early two thousands with Messi and Brian Leach's like last few years or Mike Richter that, that was a bad team. They got Yager. They tried to do something. They just tried to buy their way out of it. And then they managed to find a team, you know, through ironically Henrik Lundqvist, who they bought out in 2014, has that finals run. But I think they they went into this rebuild thinking that, okay, we could we have the high picks. We have, I think they got lucky with certain parts where like they got Adam Fox for what they gave up, like a second and a conditional second. And, Again, these guys are like in their early twenties. Like Cabo Caco is only just turning twenty now, and I, I don't know what they kind of expected from this team, what they thought they were going to be. be. Because I think they've exceeded expectations based on the type of players they put around uh, on Artemi Panarin. Like these young guys are still doing what like any rookie would be. Like it'd be inexcus. It would be excusable on any other team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like. <laughs> I think everything Daniel said is right in terms of the firing, I guess, in terms of the statement. I I do think the Ranger statement is huge, whether you think it was good or whether I, I know I, I've heard different opinions on what the statement means. I, I think we have to remember that this is the most value valuable NHL team and they have pull, whether you like, like you want to think about that or not. And if other teams are just as fed up as they are, knowing that the Rangers feel the same way and, you know, they have, they might have your back. I I do think means a lot. And the fact that they went public with it just adds extra pressure in a way to what is going on. And, you know, I think it was on, uh, Hockey Central, they said over under $100,000. I don't like, it's It's probably going to be over, but do you know how, like when they have fans in the building, okay, $200,000, let's say, like they're pulling that out of their pocket and throwing it on the table like I would with a $5 bill. Like that's nothing to them. So go ahead and find them. Is this going to be an issue down the line when they have other things to deal with, with the league? Maybe, probably, but I do think that this statement is a, is a pretty big thing. Well, what's, what's, I, I was thinking maybe it's going to be like 250 K because that's what Arizona got for their sort of draft shenanigans. Yeah. 
Henry. And that's kind of messing with the fabric of drafting. Yeah, he did something wrong. That's what I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the league, uh, maybe it could even be more because the league, uh, you would expect to, are going to stand up for one of their own. Um, I also wonder here, um, do you guys remember who Tom Wilson injured earlier in the year? Yes. It's Brandon Carlo now. Um, there was some stuff I saw. I can't remember exactly who from that. Apparently, they didn't want to suspend Wilson for that, but apparently they may have been the thing higher up from Gary Bettman. Now, the owner you piss off there is Jeremy Jacobs, who is apparently the most influential owner in the league because right. he predates Bettman, I'm pretty sure. So wow. if you not only have now upset the Rangers owner with Dolan, and you if he can somehow join side with Jeremy Jacobs – and owners normally don't stray very far from Batman to begin with. But those are all of a sudden two very important voices. Those are original six teams, two of your most, two of your biggest U.S. markets, which are pretty important. Um, I'm not saying there's going to, you know, viva la response, but um, there's something there, guys. I mean, you know, and, and, and Carlo, um, he, he came back, but I know he'd been, he was hurt again. And I'm pretty sure there was a, like a head injury there. It's silly. And yeah, so you mentioned Drury will be the new president and GM, which hindsight, it adds sort of more validity, by the way, the fact that this wasn't just about Wilson. It was about the makeup of the team because they fought to keep Drury because there was that thought that he was going to go to Florida. Mm -hmm. um, and he was kind of that guy in waiting. Um, it's kind of like how, um, how I can't remember. I always get it mixed up. How Bill Foley took over in, in Vegas for... The other guy for, I can never remember his name. George McPhee. George McPhee. You know, there's always that guy in waiting. So good for them. Like, he'll, he'll do a good job. But then you also wonder, oh, boy, uh, how much influence is there going to be from the owner now? that um, you know, They like, got to have their guy, yeah. It's not realistic, by the way. You want them to compete in the division that has Boston, that has Pittsburgh, that has Washington, and going to next season, we'll still have Carolina. I don't know, man. And then if you go to the bigger conference picture, do you like the do you like the Panthers more than the Rangers right now? I do. The, the chemistry is there. I think it's and it's not saying like that these players don't know each other. It's it's more of it's it's just that weird mix of all of these young guys. Well, no, that just those, I mean, and those like, high ticket guys. Like, yeah, what I'm talking about. Yeah, like, as it stands, and I I mentioned Florida because they're the big question mark. I think in the East going into next year, like, mm -hmm. is this for real? Like, how good is the goaltending going to hold up? Like, because Spencer Knight's probably gonna have a lot of that next year. I purposely in the East have not mentioned Toronto and Tampa Bay for a reason. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I just think there's the, – by the way, this is just like, – I really like Jeff Gordon. I really do. Um, I think he's made a lot of good moves, and I don't know how many teams would have finally just pulled the plug on Tony D'Angelo. Um, he cleaned up the mess after Glenn Sather. Yeah. That for sure, yeah. I just – it's such a mistake that they've let two very quality guys go and never forget the stink that Gordon also had in Boston too. Um I, I just I think this is such a hot-headed move, and I think rather if Dolan had waited a few days, maybe he would have realized. Because I'm sure that if the Rangers, Jeff Gordon's not an idiot, he probably would have known this. Maybe we need some more size on this team. You don't need John Scott, who it's really funny that John Scott, the guy who like got into a sword fight with Phil Kessel, thought this was dirty. 
I'm sure that there would have been, and like this isn't the ultimate form of the Rangers. Like their left side's a joke on defense. Right. Doesn't make sense to me, guys. It doesn't make sense. <clears throat> yeah. It, it's just th- this whole thing, starting with Tom Wilson, going to these two guys being fired, it is it's just a it's a mess. And how quickly the the narrative has changed in a matter of weeks we started off with nhl and espn now nhl and turner and now tom wilson and then the new york rangers firing their president and gm uh, two weeks before the season's over like how quickly like it's just a fire right now it feels like i mean it's giving us the headlines but it's really uh yeah it's Good news week. It, it, it's it's one thing I kind of felt with this is that we talked so much about growing the game and the importance of the U.S. market and the way that the game has to evolve in so many aspects. And again, it's it's been really gradual. It hasn't been at, you know up to speed the way we want it to be. But then we'll have those examples where it's like, okay, great, yeah, Turner, um, and then um, they have the new uh, they have like all of these new. Um, T, um, T, TV deals but then like something like this happens and then they, they revert back into like hey what are we trying to show th- the game like what what is, what is what iteration of the game are we showing right now half-baked man it, I think that that's that's a important point and I think one of if I'm if you are the league one of the most important things you should be thinking about right now is how does the casual fan view how all this went down because at the end of the day all three of us for example all three of us are going to come back to the nhl unless they do something incredibly stupid and look at how much stuff we've dealt with right i'd like yeah i'd like to point out before we move on um and i i'm pretty sure you guys have already seen it but it's already a line brawl at the really? opening face-off against the, the Capitals Rangers and Rangers. Game? Yeah. Seriously? <sighs> yeah, right after the opening face-off. So, by the way, they, they've just walked into Tom Wilson's hand, have the Rangers, by the way. And, but do you know what? That's exactly what their owner wants. Um, That's insane, man. It's just an... Yeah. This is all on George Peros, by the way. Anything that happens tonight, a player gets injured, any any little dirty thing that happens... All on George Peros. I really, really wish that I had the game on. I really do. Oh, no offense, Montreal. I love you, but oh, I can't believe there's already a line, bro. Has the have they pucked like has, are they on the second shift of the game? Yeah. Um, it said it's been less than a minute, and it's already been four fights. Um, there are four players right now in the penalty box for the Capitals, including Tom Wilson. You remember the remember how long it took the uh, when was it the the Canucks Calgary um, one from a couple of years ago when um when oh God, I can't, why can I never remember old coaches and like Tortorella completely lost it on uh Bob, it was Bob Hartley and like Hartley got fined like fifty k because he was so clearly started it everyone talks about by the way it's like ah oh, Tortorella went to the room well he did not start it he just responded um yeah. uh and then just I guess going back to what I was saying before. Sorry. Just all that. What a, like not even surprising, but whatever. Um, I, I think the casual fan in this case is the most important because 
yeah. the league has to answer this question. Why should I tune in to your game instead of the NBA, instead of the in, instead of the MLB, instead of Major League Soccer now? This is the point we're at. Um, instead, like, why? Why should I tune in to your game? It, exactly. You know what? You said it earlier. It's like we've lived through a mystery playing team winning the lottery. We have been through, um, you know, between the three of us, a team of ours have not won a playoff series in how long. Um, it, it, it has been a, a firestorm. Being a fan, it, it's like you're not going to lose the. It's kind of like um, you ever watch House Kitchen or um, Kitchen Nightmare, sorry. And it's the restaurant will have like six normal customers and they're all like senior citizens. And it's like, well, I don't want to lose the revenue I have. And, and Gordon Rams is always like, man, forget about the old, the old farts. He would say, <laughs> I have respect so for the elderly. I'm like, Gordon, that's, he's, you know, he's, he's a good guy. Um, with the, uh, it's really, okay. Anyway, but you know, on the show, you don't worry about that older fan base. You need the newer, you need to bring the new fans in because if you don't have that youth, you're going to, you're screwed. It's a representation of the NA. Like, Daniel, you know this. Which team Canada was it that still had like Sackick and that? It was all the old guard. Oh, 2006 in Torino. They are the 2006 team Canada, the NHL right now. And they have to make sure that they are the next new groove of, of I don't know, hopefully whatever next year's Olympics. <laughs> Chris they- Draper was on the team over Crosby. That is a, a, such a mistake. Okay, lads. I, um, I think baseball's dealing with this issue too now. Uh, yes. Yeah. Right? So... Like the the NHL is not the only one here. I admit like there's certain aspects of it that I understand why they're changing. And I actually had a conversation about this with Will Christophilus. Um, Like I think like in terms of tradition, there is this certain things like I love it when the pitcher bats in the national league, but from someone who just doesn't watch baseball that much, like you're going to want to watch a guy, either do you want the designated hitter? That's probably going to hit a home run for you. Or you're going to get like, the pitcher that you know, nine times out of ten is probably going to strike out. Oh, uh, uh-huh. Another two fights, by the way. Um, so that is five fights, according to Saravelli. That's five fights in four minutes and fourteen seconds. That's that's fifty penalty minutes already. Uh, I think so. because wow. yeah, it's it's five for each fight. Um, five times five is twenty-five, plus the dance partner in the other end. That's fifty. Um, okay, any closing notes you guys have? Uh, six fights? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, oh God, this is, a, this is something. Um, yeah, starting with Alex, any last notes on the Rangers and how silly they are? Um, Tom Wilson, how he should probably be suspended or anything like that. The floor is yours. Um, the last thing I want to say is I'm done. I, like, I'm past the point of blaming just George Peros anymore because the league knows what they're doing. Uh, he's had a job in this in this specific position for almost five years. It will be five years in September. Wow. This is if, – if you don't want to figure out the rules and you don't want to create proper definitions or cr- create proper boundaries, this is now on the league. Indeed. It is. Um, the New York Rangers. Daniel, any last notes you want to say? I am just disappointed in the decision, in everything that's happening, even what's going on right now. Um, again, earlier today in Overdrive, they predicted this. Um, I mean, Jeff O'Neill kind of went you know, to the extreme end of this where he mentioned Todd Bertuzzi and Steve Moore. But I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, like, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. 
we'll see how that kind of goes right now um if this game is like wow like the way it's been going on right now if someone's actually gonna you know take a shot on goal properly or something but again like i'm i'm i I'm, i've defended george perils in the past maybe it's just the mighty ducks nostalgia right there I, I but i won't let you do it anymore yeah I, I won't yeah i can't i can't do it anymore. it's inexcusable and it's just i i don't know it's for the amount of i guess exposure that you know player safety gets now where they're on social media where they give us updates they give us you know the the angle to angle videos now it it feels like it's just all for nothing unfortunately um i'll ask you guys this over under i'm gonna go eight fights over under oh over over daniel i'll say 11 11 yeah what do you think, Alex? How many? I was going to go with 10, 11. Oh, my God. I'm going to go. It's caps off at. I, I think there's only. I'm going to go under. I'll say there's only seven. So there's one more, and that's it. That's <laughs> um, it. Nine. Nine, because. Okay, we're all going over. It's going to be. Hmm. No, no. Eight. I'm going to go eight because Tom Wilson will get out the box. He will fight again. Then he will get out the box probably for the second period. Fight, that'll be his third one. He'll be thrown out the game. And then we'll all be fine. You know who the Rangers could have used right now? Uh, if you say Brendan Lemieux, <laughs> he would not have fought Tom Wilson. Okay. <laughs> and even if he did, he would have been destroyed. But it's uh, not okay. his dad. And he always did one of his dads. A, was a snake, was a horrible player. Is his dad Claude? Like, yeah. Oh, Claude would have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on. He would have um, gone right after you know, him. It's also ironic that like George Peros, like his last game, I think, was the fight where he fell onto his head. Yeah. So you'd think when like you, he would see, um, and I I think he slipped, unfortunately. Like if you were to like you're him and you see like there's a fight and you see a guy's head going to this, I would have thought he'd have a bit more sympathy. Maybe he pushed it behind the scenes. We don't know, but it's not a good look on him. Um, no matter what, if he is getting stuff from the league or not, um, He's going to be the one who does bite the bullet, and his reputation is not going to look great after all of this. All right, um, Leafs and Habs now. Um, they played again the other day, Thursday, I believe it was. It's the week is so lost. Uh, this yeah. time though, the Habs take the win thanks to another overtime winner from Cole Caulfield. He is. I had my notes. I've lost them though. The first, I think he's the first player in history to have back to back. Uh, like his first two goals be overtime winners or something like that. And like the third rookie to ever have like two straight over. It's a ridiculous feat. Anyway, um, you'll love to see it. Um, and I guess for that game, I guess first off your guys' thoughts, I thought it was pretty even um, the third. I thought like Toronto until like the extra man came, came on for, for the Habs. I thought they did a decent job of like keeping Montreal out and really denying like the rushes on the other end. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I thought it was an even game. Uh, it was back and forth. I think I put in the document as fun, but stressful for anyone who is a fan of either team. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I thought it was difficult to see Felino go and yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll get to that uh, later. But other than that, I thought the rest of the game was uh, very entertaining. Mm-hmm. I, I think this yeah. Um I think with the Felino thing, the one thing I liked about it was because he got to the crease, Montreal's crease, and then Josh Anderson just gave him a bit of a hug. So I think that was okay. You know, former teammates right there. 
But I think the second yeah. thing was like what Alex said, like the back to back. Um, it wasn't. It was a very exciting game. The only thing is, the go- Montreal's tying goal. I think it just it was exciting from the fact that it came in the final minute, but just the angle of it and Phil Deneau's shot, that was just really deflating for me because that was savable. See, I, I don't know because what you have to remember is Suzuki's been shooting from where he made that pass all year. Um, it, it's a play that Burroughs has used in the AHL. I saw this clip where like Yannick Valneur in the AHL scored it. I think everyone thought Suzuki was going to shoot there and Deneau just got like, listen, there's some stats I want to talk about later. And Phil Deneau's kind of under there. Um, the guy doesn't finish. Um, like, would you have liked him to have it? Yeah. But I, I think at the same time, Campbell made a lot of great saves all night. Like, I think the goaltending in that game was like, was definitely not a story in a bad way. Like, I thought they were really, really good. Like, you know, I, I thought that was more of a compliment. Like, again, everyone looked at Nick Suzuki and thought this is going to be a shot from out there, and maybe there's going to be traffic in front rather than pass it down to Dino and and he sort of jams it in. Ugly goal, yeah, but I mean it's net front. That stuff happens. Um. Anyway, though, so what happened with Felino? Because I completely missed it, and then all of a sudden he was gone. Something with his leg, right? I, I'm not entirely sure wh- where he got hurt. Um. There was no incident that. Like I think it was kind of just a fluke thing. Um, there, there was no hit or whatever that it, that I had seen that it looked like he got injured. It, it, I, I don't know, even know exactly what it was from, but yeah, it did look like his leg was bothering him. Mm-hmm. All right. So looking at the overtime itself, though, I definitely want to have some time on this because it was a bit of a mess. Um, yeah. Montreal. <laughs> So people, people kind of, before we go to individual chances, uh, people have been very upset about the way Montreal play overtime games because they kind of wait for their shot and rag it. I want to remind you guys, remember how they lost their first nine games that went past regulation? They're playing, they're not playing, they're playing it safe now. It's, it's because, yeah, (laughs) like if they played the exciting OT style, uh, they wouldn't win. Um, like, and what's? It, it, I'm not gonna lie. Like Caulfield, like he had the like obviously like Jeff Petrie was the star really on both those goals. Like he made wicked passes on both, and they were both sort of like Caulfield comes out of nowhere and he's got the room and you know he, he has the ability to shoot and score the way he does. But um, but before talking about Caulfield, because you're you're damn right, we're gonna spend time on that. Um, Tyler Toffoli had a breakaway. He missed. And then there was the two-on-one with Marner and Matthews. And Hold on. Yeah, did you I, say two-on-one? Podcast. No. Two-on-one. <laughs> it was a two-on-one. The one was the poor goalie. Um, not poor, though, because it was very much a thing of Marner should have shot the puck, but he thought, wow, overtime against the Habs. Let's try and get Austin his, his 40th. And Austin wasn't expecting the pass. I think it was there. Yeah, I wouldn't be expecting that pass either, by the way. A bit no. too much cheese on that one, yeah. That was that's uh, that's where the extra pass is not yeah. needed. There it is. Like it's, how many times have I we've talked about that? Not not even with just the Leafs. Just there's sometimes that the guy makes the extra pass, and it's like why you don't have to do it. And it feels like Marner's like the, in a way, he's like the expert at that because when it works, man, it looks great. But he was too Canadian on that play. 
Uh, I don't want to shoot you. Like, no, nah, you take it. Yeah. Like the all-star game. It's like, I don't really want to score this. So they give it to buddy next to him. It's like, no, nah, you take it. It's not great. It's not great at all. Um, Matthews will hit 40, by the way. Like that's going to happen. He's going to score 40 goals. Um, and then the moment he scores that 40th goal, uh, take him off and let him rest. Uh, that's pretty- management. Yeah, I mean, like, there's you literally gain nothing from playing him. Like, you should rest him now, but at the same time, um, if I had 39 goals, I'm 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 getting the 40. Like, I'm getting it, guys. Mm. If I can score at will, like I have been, like Austin Matthews has been. Sorry, um, I want. I, I'm sure maybe there's a performance bonus thing in there where it's like, oh, he hits this amount, and um, like he probably gets like a few million dollars from or something. I don't, I don't know. think you can do that. That's illegal under the CBA. That's a that's a baseball thing. No, like I know that thing. it's a thing still because no, Suzuki not, hit an assist thing. Yeah, and he, but he's ELC. Ah, ELC oh. and thirty-five plus. You can only when have performance they, bonuses. Why did they change that? Because uh, didn't have that, and it was like he got his thirtieth goal, and then it was like, um, because there must be something. Because there was the remember when Jack Eichel was top 10 in points per game, and he lost it because I think Drysaddle did something. Yeah. And everyone got pissy because he was in a bad mood, but because of that, he lost $500,000. Yeah, he's probably on his ELC. That's so weird. Why don't they do that? Because that would be fun. Fun fact about that. And incentive incentive to do things, but we're not allowed to have fun. Fun fact about that. What? Those were what caused the contract dispute. Like, you know, like not huge disputes, but, you know, they right. took longer than usual with Lula Morello and like Adam Larson and uh, Austin Matthews. Mitch Barner. Yeah, Mitch Barner. <laughs> Came to bite him in the ass, apparently. Um, but my guess it was 2012, if I just had to take a guess at what lockout it was. That's so silly. I hate that. That's, that's so crap. I don't know. Maybe teams just can't afford it in Arizona. Hello. Uh, even though the Coyotes didn't have a player that good. Team down doesn't count. Not a Hall of Famer. There's Oop. literally two guys on that team who should get performance bonuses. What? OEL and, and, like, OEL and Keller. Oh, yeah. Phil, too, I guess. Yeah. Chick- uh, yeah. Okay, four. We like Jakey. Okay, four. Four. I think he was a leading defenseman in goals last time I checked. He was like... Like Petrie stopped scoring for like 20 games and then like Ekblad got hurt and Darnell there certain stopped scoring at other goals and it was a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, all right then. And finally, Alex, I have to ask, why did you leave the viewing party after coffee? Because <laughs> I didn't want to hear it from Mike. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, though. Um, I keep forgetting which team Mike likes. I don't know. <laughs> Why do you ask him? Like I, uh, <laughs> I don't know if he scored before, but we should congratulate Shane Pinto because I believe he just got his first NHL goal. Well, that's going to um, go under the radar because yeah. there's going to be twelve fights tonight. But he just signed out of the NCAA. Shouldn't happen, unfortunately. Ben Chirot, uh lost his man, and the Habs are now losing. But they beat the Leafs thanks to the short king in the north. I wish I was in Pickering because I have my master sword from the Legend of Zelda and I could just, I could do the whole, there's only one man all Ben mine need to. They can keep their iron chair and then you draw the king of the north. We'll, we'll save that for uh, another, a future episode. Or we'll just add that, like, you just, you know, you just film yourself and then we'll add it to the episode. King of the north. The king, it's just the best thing ever. I, 
I can't tell you the joy that comes from Cole Caulfield scoring a goal, much less against the Leafs. Like that's just the that's what dreams are made of for Habs fans. And it's like, man, I'm pretty sure he leads them when it comes to overtime winning goals now. Suzuki doesn't even have one this year. Well, I was I was thrown off when I heard him speak in the press conference. Caulfield? Yeah, or like in the and like the post game um, media. Uh, like it just I don't know why it just like he looks so young and I'm like he sounds like a 35 year old. Well, he's like 20. It's weird. Mm. I don't know. I mean, it was also kind of weird that they did it like they kind of did playoff style where like Suzuki was on the podium and they just have Caulfield sitting now. It's like he's already short enough. Why did why you make him look even more tired? <laughs> No, God, Caulfield. Um, you guys have a note on the short king of the north. Scoring again. I mean, I, man, he's got a nose. I was telling Alex this, that if you include, so you've got these two game winners, and then in the AHL, those two game winners, four of his five pro goals have been game winners. Wow. Yeah. I think, yeah, he's as advertised. Uh, we, we always talk about those two distinctions where you, you have those, those, those NCAA kind of guys where – it's kind of like how do I how to explain this? Like NCAA guys who don't get drafted in the first round, either are like are undrafted um, or they're lower end picks that develop in university. They're like they're like slightly watered magic beans. I find it. And then there's two categories there where you have the Kale McCarr and the Cole Caulfield and the Quinn Hughes, but then or the Adam Fox, but then you'll have like the I don't know Justin Schultz. Or um, I'm trying to think well, of Leafs guys. Christian I Hansen. Say, I would have seen Jimmy VC before because at least like Schultz yeah, had a good Jimmy career. Like, listen, I think it's it's what like Danny DeKaiser. So McCar- That's also a big one too. McCarl was was fourth. Um, Caulfield was like 15, but he fell. Like I think there was like thinking it was just they were scared of his size. But like Fox is weird because he was like a second rounder. He was third. And then yeah, it took like two. What was it? He was drafted by the Kings. And the then... no, the the Flames, and then they traded him in the Dougie Hamilton trade. Because I don't think he was going to sign for either Carolina or Calgary. Yeah. Maybe you kind of figure out if he's going to do that before you make that trade. By the way, that's just yeah. me. But I mean, yeah. Dougie Hamilton. Who cares? Um, still really, really weird though. Um, Alex Cole Caulfield. Gold Caulfield. Uh, Goal coffee. When we do, do I send? I don't remember. Is that the title of the episode? Probably. Uh, where did I send it? In the did I send it to you, Adam, or did I send it in the group chat where I said that if we, whenever we do merch, we'll get there one day. Um, that is going to be one of the yeah. one of the first pieces of merch, along with its science. I want my own action figure. Yeah, we'll yes. get you your own action figure. Don't you worry. <laughs> Yeah, but again, like Daniel said, uh, he's come as advertised. I don't like. There's no, um, there's no. There should be no surprises here, and I think it's even. I think we're seeing that because the Canadians, and I think I brought this up last episode, that they're putting them, putting him in positions to succeed. It's just I, I think it's and, simple as that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and again, like. His youth, the way he's been playing, it just it, it adds like like a, a sense of like I don't know you you revitalize things because the way um, things were going, the way the games were going uh, under Dominic Ducharme, it was more of the same, and he just that kind of 
you know, X factor that helps them. I, I don't know, like in a weird way, like have fun again or just loosen up. Mm-hmm. Now you just kind of wish that he had left Caulfield on the third line, by the way, but he, Deshaun mixed up the lines again. <laughs> you put him on the top line with Denoic. Like, just leave it alone. You won three straight. He's such a goofy goober. Okay, I was. Have you guys read the Harbin Dial um, article about the worst finishers in the NHL? Uh, not yet. I have not. So I want to talk about some of the worst finishers because what's really funny, I got five names here. Um, I didn't even realize I had gotten the fifth name, but he's relevant. So one of the worst finishers, and this is like goal, like percentage expected. Um, I have two Habs, two Leafs, and the former Leaf who's currently an Islander. So I'll talk about Leo Komarov, obviously. His goals I expect percentage is minus 15.3. Archuri Lekkonen is 13.7. How many times have I yelled about him and his chances in not scoring? Phil Deneau, Mr. I want $5.8 million. You're sell- I went to sell- yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, but score some goals. Minus 15.7. Zach Hyman, who I thought was kind of surprised, but then you think he scores, but he does get a lot of chances. 15.2%. And... A player who I have compared to Rachiri Lekkonen, but Mike refuses to listen to me. Ilya Mikheyev is 6.3%. Wow. So, I just wanted to mention that there is value still. And even if if players, and I was listening to the SDP, and I heard Steve Dangle say, yeah, this guy doesn't score, but man, Mikheyev's a great penalty killer. And I had flashbacks. I'm like, so he's Rachiri Lekkonen, but he's faster. Yeah, has the skate. You know, it's funny. Um, I, I just like I love that there are value. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, there's a player in the Mighty Ducks, the second movie, where he's like such a great skater and everything. But then, like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not saying these are like that, but like he he just didn't develop anything else, and he can't stop. I just wanted to. I just wanted to mention they're really interesting. It's just. Man, those are guys that like you think, man, what's these putting back buck in the back of the net? But they're not because it's just that's the way they play. Um, listen, because I'm not in my normal place, I don't know how stable my internet is because it just said it's unstable. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. Michael Hauser, Buffalo Sabres goaltender, has won his first two games. He stopped everyone in the shootout last night. Uh, what an incredible story. A rookie at the age of 28. So my question is, guys, how long do we give him the Calder Trophy? Oh no! It's he's too old, isn't he? He's too old. No, they have the Maybe rule now. Yeah. yeah, never mind. Yeah, but what a story, eh? It's it's um, it's those type of things. It's those type of things that the Sabers need right now. I think that for he's what's been going on for them this year, it's just a good story. Also, this guy for some reason, I remember he was yeah. like a two thousand NHL like. Tw- like NHL 12, like legend. This guy like always developed into like something. And like, I don't know. I'm happy it's happening in reality now because I remember when there was, I remember when he was a prospect and I think there were issues with like his height or there were issues where like, how was he going to develop and everything. And just to kind of see, cause I remember he was on Florida for a bit and it's okay. just, it's an exciting thing. 
Alex, it's not the first story around the goaltending in Buffalo. Buffalo. I forgot. I meant to mention this for weeks. Tukarski had his first win yes. since his father passed away for the Sabres earlier this year. Um, but then it's been like Ukapeka Lukanen is done for the season, the young guy who they brought up to start playing. Um, but Hauser, it's the Buffalo good, Sabres goaltender. Yeah. It's good stories surrounding just such a messy year for the Buffalo Sabres uh, on one hand, like I'm, I'm very happy for, obviously I'm happy for Mike, anyone who gets to play in the NHL, like you should be immensely proud of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also happy. Like I think Buffalo's the Sabres have been through a lot this year, uh, 18 game losing streak, massive COVID outbreak. So for them, for this lap back end of the season for to have a good story, I know it's Dustin Tukarski and it's, and it's Michael Hauser, and they're not the. It's not the biggest thing in the world, and we still don't know what ha- is happening with Jack Eichel. But at least it's something. Mm-hmm. Now, I was joking with Alex the other day that you know what Elliot Friedman had purposely mentioned. Um, I can't. I think it was on headlines to start that the Cats were getting impatient with Evgeny Kuznetsov, who had sat out the other game and now was on the COVID protocol list. Was really interesting. Um, mentioned in 31 Thoughts, the blog. I haven't listened to new up podcast. I don't know if you mentioned it there. Um, and I had joked before some of these new reports came out. What about if, like, the Flames have their problem child in Monaghan, Kuznetsov is there, and we have a Monaghan for Kuznetsov deal. And it was just kind of like we laugh it off. Like, that's not going to happen. But then all of a sudden, reports come out that apparently, and I saw LeBron say, that he would not be surprised if in the offseason the Caps listened to offers on Evgeny Kuznetsov. Now, he's had some um, what, what do you say about behavior incidences. He yes. was caught with a substance on video, then told the IIHF to test him. He was then tested and found positive for a drug. He is now, I think he has a suspension, I think, in international play. Um, So if you look at projected rosters for Team Russia, he's not there. Um, So I'm just saying, guys, when there's a one-for-one in the offseason, I'm telling you, koozie for Monaghan's going to happen. Wow. You think Uh, think Brad Trilliving wants to deal with that? (laughs) I I know. Like, they already have enough, I guess, like, uncertainty or insta, like, or not, not current instability, but pending instability because I don't know what the Flames are going to do in the offseason. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Milan Lucic just helped them. He said he's going to wait. He's um, he's going to waive his uh, no trade clause. So he's unprotected by the Flames. So they get to nice guy. one extra player. Yeah. Um, like Seattle's not taking him. I'm, I'm sorry. Like this is no offense. Like, is like, are you, do any of you think that? Because Seattle will take Milan Lucic. Apparently, um, it was one of the moves he did because um, they would have to expose like Andrew Mangiapane or Dylan Dubé. So, there's Listen, that now. I don't yeah. care if it's Milan Lucic or fourth line center in the AHL. I'm not taking that contract. <laughs> like, right. it's a nice sentiment, but there's a difference between Mark Andre Fleury waving his. Ed Milan Lucic, who has had, uh, I think he's definitely had a revitalization in his time in Calgary. Yeah. However, his contract sucks. 
And listen, if you're Seattle and you're going to flex your cap muscles, um, if he wasn't waving it, you could kind of convince the flames in the scenario. Like maybe you could try and figure something out. And then Lucci's like, oh, you don't want me. I'm going to leave. But I mean, like his contract, if he waves it now, there's no leverage for Seattle to say, okay, I'll take it. If you give me some little gubs, some sweet, sweeten your gubs. But (laughs) again, yeah. It's just given what the flames like. They, there is a lot of promise there, and apparently, one of the reasons for the expansion draft to and the trade rumors that was why Sam Bennett was traded, according to Sportsnet. Um, another you know spot right there, but again, I don't know. It's it's weird because Netsov is just I don't know. I don't know how to describe him. Like he he is an amazing player, but he's not the solution in Calgary. So then let's get off my fantasy trade thing. It's just because there, Alex, there's been noise around Kuzin. That's all we know. Um, but I mean, what is that? And they haven't been afraid to make the big trade. We look at the deadline with Jacob mm-hmm. Verana. Um, but the thing with Kuznetsov is he has term and he makes $7.8 million and he's, he is a good player, but there have been some dips and some inconsistencies with him. Well, you he have to, yeah, you have to ask, us. you have to ask yourself, what is Evgeny Kuznetsov in terms of like, would would we are we all on the same page in terms of is he a number one center? Um, I think he can be like I know they can't afford him, but the way I see it is like he is a very effective like borderline star player when there's already established like v- not like super old veteran guys, but like those veteran guys that could keep him in his in his you know in his place like. I would think of Vegas, like you know, you have a Mark Stone and a Max Petch already there to kind of say, like, hey, listen, like this is how things go. But I know he's not going to go there. But it's just one example I could think of. Listen, if he is available in the summer, Vegas will be in on him. Like they're just in on everybody big, right? It's just it's just how things work nowadays. You know, he's got 29 points in 41 games this year. He had 56 last year um, in 63 in the shortened season, uh, 72 and 76 in 18-19. I mean, he scores. Yeah, he's a good player. I'd say he's a 1A, 1B. Like, he could be – he is not the – he's not an elite first-line center, but if you combo him with, you know, probably the right line mates, like – he, maybe he could work out, but I, I don't think Kuznetsov is a consistent enough to be a definitive first-line center. Okay, let me ask you, let me phrase the question like this. It's it's yes. about, it's based off of Toronto. It's just, is he the John Tavares? Or is he uh, more than, like, I think. I mean, like, it, it, to, to maximize him, that role. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we should make it clear: you are not saying that he is John Tavares. No, no, I'm just, oh, yeah. just yeah, the example. That's not what I'm doing. There. I just, <laughs> just the example. That's all I'm yeah. doing. Just oh, want to make that really clear. Oh, thank you, <laughs> thank you, thank you for doing that. Because I feel like I don't like. I don't know. That's not what I was doing. Oh my god, no. He's like, <laughs> I don't, I don't. I'm thinking of like, you know, he. I think he would fit really well in Pittsburgh if this was six years ago. That's very good. Yeah, maybe. Well, not the money, but yeah, I think, yeah. Um, by the way, just quick thing. Congratulations to Joel Edmondson for scoring, I think, his, like, second goal. 1-1 with less than 30 seconds to go. I just, you know, like, like let's think of who's a team, like, you think maybe 
think of it like this. Think of Kuznetsov behind Matt Barzell. That could work, mm. right? You know, um, think of Matt, you know, um, Kuznetsov behind um, uh, Ryan because, O'Reilly. Because that could work. I just no. don't like him on his own. The Rangers need a centerman. And if they want to, is that the move? Is that the move in the offseason to, to deal with? To have two 1Bs? So oh, my gosh. To have yeah. two 1Bs? Yeah, maybe, man. I don't know. But um, you know love who, to see it. You know who I bet goes after him? It just feels like the, it feels like he would do this. Bob Murray. <laughs> Does he so, fit the age range, Daniel? He does. He does. Twenty-eight. You just like I can just imagine like gets off yelling at him on the bench. <laughs> you just want say, uh, what's the thing? We just want a, a hockey deal, and Evgeny Kuznetsov is that. You know when you go to put in daily face-off and it goes to daily motion. I don't know why that's happening. I don't watch stuff legally. No one does. Um, let me just get up like Anaheim's daily face off quickly and we can move on. Because, like, one thing, like, who's their first line center behind gets left? Oh, Trevor Zegras. Do you know what we never talked about? That was the weirdest thing. This whole episode has been me reminding to bring up stuff. I, I meant to mention you guys. When the Ducks put that thing on Twitter saying, So our plan is to send Zegras down because we're going to develop him into a center. Thank you. Goodbye. Like they explained the process and the decision making in like an official Twitter statement. It was the strangest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. So, you know, um, last I mean, two days ago, Sam Carrick was like on their first line. Ricard Raquel, I don't know, Josh Mann. But they're looking for uh, hockey deals, right? So. Yeah. What a weird team. I mean, okay, Hayden Flurry worked out. I I like that one. Yeah, I don't know if that's a hockey deal per se. <laughs> I know he's. I mean, he no, he 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 fits right because it's twenty three to twenty eight, so he fit in right there. He's twenty four. You know what's a terrible feeling when you had your show notes and then you see a folder has magically appeared on your desktop saying relocated items, and you get scared because you realize you don't know where your notes are, but you've just found them. But then you also realize you did not save it properly. So I now have to improvise that um, thought. And I'm pretty sure it was thought number 20 in the 31 thoughts blog. Um, The NHL coincidentally are now looking at uh, changing restrictions um, for certain teams that are around the 80% range of being vaccinated. Almost like apparently they promised the, or sorry, they didn't promise the players. Um, not long after Robin Leonard's uh, sort of statements and a bit of public who blah yeah. about um, <laughs> dangling the carrot in front of players' faces. The NHL. Again, how much do we put up with? Uh, they're just, they're, they're a bad league. Is this <laughs> an unhealthy league. relationship we have with them, guys? Um, the NHL, yes, us and the NHL. I don't feel like have a pretty unhealthy as fans. Yeah, we they don't like back. us, but yeah, we keep going. <laughs> I just think it's just like they clearly didn't even like you could have simply said, you know what, there was an intention, but things change, and you know, uh, you just could have been like, you know, it was a possibility, but it was nothing. Uh, you know, we, we would do the business talk, yeah, we were going to circle back and check in on that, but you, they just, you just flat out deny it. And then, like, a few weeks later, it's like, no, we're doing it. It's yeah. there every time I hear someone from the league talk, I don't get a proper answer. No, 
I, I think I was bringing, I brought this up before you came on, Daniel. Bill Daly said, made a comment. It wasn't really a comment. It was just a statement about, um, about the Rangers coming out and saying something. And my, I got nothing from that. Like they, they are the most lawyery talk people in the world. Anytime I like, I'll listen to it. Cause maybe they'll say something, but it's like, for the most part, I get nothing out of listening to Gary Bemman or Bill Daly. Yeah. It's like, it's like a sphere and the details are inside of it, but it just, when you try to get onto it, you just keep sliding to the next side. You know, they're, they're putting highlights of the Rangers game up right now. And yeah. it's just Lars Aller fought. You love to stay out of the way, Larry. This is just like the image of all the play. <laughs> the shot has six capitals in the ball. Like no social distancing whatsoever. Ridiculous stuff. Um, Mike, so Mike, Mike uh, retweeted something and said uh, no social distancing or something like that. And I replied with, I just tagged Doug Ford. Oh god, oh. yeah, the ten. He goes, oh. "Where's the social distancing?" <laughs> what a joke! Come on, just got tagged Doug Ford, so he sees it. Um, one, two quick things. One of the Leafs, one yeah. on the Habs, that we will quickly mention here. The Leafs have signed a KHL forward, a member of the Gagarin Cup champions, Kirill Semyonov. I don't know if I said that right, but Kirill Semyonov, Alex. Mm, I. Listen, it happened while I was working. I got home, <laughs> took a shower, and started this podcast. He, what uh, what I can say about this signing is it's it's just a continues the pattern of what they've done in the past in terms of um, they're going to have to keep signing cheap guys who might make an impact in the NHL. And if they don't work out, trade them to Columbus, Daniel. Can I tell you a funny story before we get to uh, this signing? Sure. Sure. Barabanov's on the first line on the Sharks. Yeah. And he has, what, five points in six games? Yeah, he's, he's been good. He's earned it. He's earned it. Yeah. No, so, I mean, again, it's... I, I was a big Nikita Shoshnikov fan. So Stanley I Cup it. champion Nikita Shoshnikov. Have some respect. Yes. Um, I love Ilya Mikheyev. So, it, it's just another depth signing where it's a guy where, you know, it reminds me of, like, the Anton, you know, Shlubishlev or uh, Nikita Gusev where... Maybe remember him? He he was also taken in like the the Vegas draft. Who Gusev? No, Anton Shabashlev. Yeah. yeah, he was for uh, Edmonton, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you never know what these guys like. Is you know they're pros. He's twenty six, so fits somewhere. He's a guy. And listen, uh, there's worse. It's a free player, um, a free flyer, as they would say. He's top um, nine. Uh, you know, top nine potential. Ah, I don't low know. Top nine, low top, oh, low top nine, bottom to, six, bottom six. Okay. To play, let's see him play a hockey game first. Um, meanwhile, the you want EA Sports to watch this man play a hockey game? Come on. Yeah, I'm not. I haven't checked to see if Caulfield's in that game yet. Um, probably not because they hate life. Uh, and the Habs have now tied the Jets for third in the the, uh, the division. Hopefully, they can pull out this game against Ottawa. And I think the Jets are playing the Flames tonight. If memory serves me, yes. Um, so we will keep a battle on the third place in the division, and um, I will ask you guys right now your gut feeling: um, who does make third in the division? Will it be Montreal, or will the Jets get themselves out of this downward spiral? Um, if I had to 
it's not the way I want it to end because I, I do want Montreal finish fourth. I think that one Leafs Canadians playoff series would be really good. I do think it's going to be when, uh, Montreal who finishes third. Just the, I think mom, their, the momentum is in their favor in this case. Uh, it just does not seem to be working whatsoever in Winnipeg at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think when you think about the adversity aspects of what the teams have been going through, I think Montreal is further along from there. And when I see, when I compare these teams, I think, you know, a lot has gone on with Montreal, with the injuries, with who's been out. They've been able to, you know, find a stride without Carey Price. But when I look to Winnipeg and, you know, Connor Hellebuck's not really looking too hot all the time. Like they, they don't really have another alternative to that or, if they have that really, really solid top six, they don't, they don't change it up too much. Like as much as you know, we don't like Dominic Ducharme changing things up way too much. Paul Maurice likes to keep his things really consistent, even when they're sliding. Um, you also talk about adversity. Um, and oh, you know what's funny? Allen, I think he ties. I think he plays game twenty-five tonight, which ties Carey Price with all the injury stuff. Like you can see how trusting it is. Um, you know, what's what's interesting is, yeah, adversity. The Habs have dealt with uh, injuries, um, a head coach firing, an associate coach firing, a goalie coach firing, the goalie coach saying that the GM admitted if the goalie wasn't good, he was going to get fired. Um, there's There's been some, uh, some shenanigans in Montreal. Jonathan Druin's been something else they've been dealing with. Um, it, it, it's been bad. And individual players like Tatar and Deneau just not playing well at all uh, to start the season. Of course, picking up here in the back half. Okay, before we go, I wanted to bring up one more stat line for you guys. Okay, so... I have 19 wins, six losses, two overtime losses, and a 9.25 save percentage. Should this goalie be in serious? Would you give this stat line this goalie? I, I know the. I know who it is. Would you give him your Vesna vote? Not like a total like finals, but would you put that guy on the ballot? Yes. Okay. Wait. Say say it again. Would you put him on your ballot for the Vesna? No, like no. Say so the stats five? again. Uh, he has a two point. 2.25 goals against average, nine wins, sorry, 19 wins, six losses, two overtime losses, and a 925 save percentage, which is the best save percentage of his career since 2012. <laughs> Holy crap. Uh, yeah, I'd probably put him on my ballot. I don't know if I'd have He'd be third. winner. Can I just remind you that that's a 925? So that's Mike Smith this year. Yeah. I did not realize he was that good. Like he's not going to because Vasilevsky and Flurry, right. but I just I did not know he was having this good a season. I remember he was at like nine nineteen. I was like, well, I mean that's well above the average. But he's an Olympic champion. <laughs> and with that, we draw today's episode to a close. I thought that was fun, guys. This was fun. So. If you like the show, again, check out YouTube and that. Um, my YouTube channel, Daniel's blog, Alex's blog, Daniel's stuff for the hockey writers as well. Hit Danny Heatley article, good stuff, as well as for the eye opener, because you're not going to see any more eye openers from Daniel because he's graduating officially. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, check out Voice Ed. Thank you, as always. Great platform for the show. We love you. Uh, check out some podcasts wherever you listen to podcasts, like the podcast app for um, Apple. Apple. 
and uh, Spotify, even though I, Spotify sucks. Um, I don't know why so many people like it. Probably oh because gosh. of the student rate, but that's it. Um, it's full of covers. It's that's all Spotify is. It's it's horrible. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. You heard me. Um, unless they want to like pay us twenty million dollars or whatever Joe Rogan got, then I love Spotify. Oh, much more than that. Um, um, twenty-five million per show, more like it. Yeah. Um, what else is there? Check out all our social medias, as well as the shows and all that. And, um. I think that's everything. We'll see you Sunday when I think the Habs and the Leafs are playing their last game against each other tomorrow or tomorrow. Play Saturday. Saturday. Uh, By then the season's almost done. Yeah. The Leafs would have to have two more games. So I guess we'll be wrapping the season, regular season up. And then we put up our playoff hats on. Yeah. We do have to make all of our official brew Etsy. And then the last thing, just quick update on who has actually clinched a playoff spot because it has changed since the last time we did the show. Um, the Preds and Stars are the last race. Uh, everyone in the East has clinched. That's the Islanders, Boston, the Capitals, and Penguins. The Islanders have fallen to fourth. That's something that we might talk about. Uh, the Blues are basically ahead of the Coyotes. They have not clinched yet. And, of course, it's Winnipeg and Montreal. Um, I want to say – the Habs get three more points. I'm pretty sure they're going to clinch, but like they're legit. The Flames are 10 points behind. Like this is, it's wrapped up. Um, yeah. Because Winnipeg could clinch tonight. So I don't know how Montreal couldn't. So let's see if I can find okay. NHL PR real quickly here. And uh, while if, you're doing that. Yeah. Oh, okay. I have it. Um, condolences to the Oshi family on uh, the passing away of TJ Oshi's father. Um, I have never cried at a cup interview quite like when they talked about he was saying like his dad has Alzheimer's and he doesn't remember much, but he'll sure as hell remember his son winning the Stanley Cup. Um, that's pretty like that was pretty, pretty special. Yeah, um, it's a shame. Um, it's like there's something with hockey dads, you know, we saw that with Walter Gretzky, there's just that special relationship and um. I, I just I just saw TJ Yoshi doing something in the um, the Caps game. I'm like, shit, we probably mentioned that. Um, but what do you have, Daniel? Alex? Uh, so the Winnipeg Jets can clinch a playoff berth tonight if they beat the Flames in regulation. Now, the reason that Montreal can't has something to do with the tiebreakers. Um, okay. But my yeah. guess is next game, they will probably clinch. If okay. Like, all right, well, then hopefully next time you see us, um, everyone who is anyone has clinched the playoff spot and we know what's happening. Exactly. Goodbye.